Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Kyler. Welcome to the Teens Age Podcast, where we talk about our opinions and interests. Welcome to episode 28, where we're going to be talking about philosophy part four. So our first question is, do we have a true identity? In quotation marks. A true identity. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always never for uh, I'm always never prepared for how hard these questions are. Yeah, I know, right? It's like I sit here thinking, oh yeah, this should be just me talking about my opinions and blah blah blah. <laughs> and it's always harder than I thought. Precisely. I think what people are getting at here, I mean, at least what first comes to mind for me is, like, you know, um, the thing we were actually talking about in brain class recently, which is, um, like, do you have, do your actions make up who you are? Do your thoughts make up who you are? Like, um, what kind of makes your identity? And do you have, like, one true self outside of, like, your anomalous actions or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably what the the main point of the question is. Um, which I think is interesting because you don't always take action on some things that you would like to do or thoughts that you would like to do. So I think it's interesting because we all have different ideas and opinions that we don't necessarily act on like we keep them to ourselves and so does that make you who you are if you never share those things Mm, yeah because for me like I will have opinions during certain times but I won't necessarily share them (laughs) yeah and so is what I choose to share my identity or is what I'm thinking my identity Mm. I don't know. I mean, did you get asked the question for class? I, I did get asked the question. Oh. You don't have to, like, say exactly what you said, but, like... No, so, I was thinking more so, I'm one of those people who will... Now, Granted, I didn't do, think through this fully, so I think my answer might have changed if I actually sat down and thought about it for, like, an hour. <laughs> but <laughs> I, my first instinct would be that my thoughts define who I am more than my actions. Okay. Why? Because of the fact that what I think isn't always what I act on. So, like, I will have a bunch of choices in my head. Like, I'll think about something so say like you know okay so say we're in I'm in a group of people and a group of people I tend not to talk very much right and so I'll be thinking of responses and things but I won't say them out loud right and so I think in that case my thoughts define me more than my actions my actions of not speaking show that I'm kind of indifferent to the topic Whereas my thoughts are more in line with what I actually 
define myself as. Fair. But it's an interesting problem because, yes, your thoughts, like, choices between thoughts and actions are really what define you and things yeah. like that. But There was definitely, like, the cop-out answer that some people did with the, like, my actions define me to others and my thoughts define me to myself or whatever. Yeah, that's that's a very... I mean, <laughs> it's not necessarily wrong, though. Yeah, no, it's not. It's nah, just, like... It's just... Not yeah. necessarily answering the question, which is basically all of philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Avoiding the actual question. Uh. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's interesting because but also like define is like who I am to myself. I don't know, define is a weird thing because I feel like you can't put people humans and their personalities <laughs> into bubbles and things like that. Like define them in one thing, like I don't know, like, it's interesting. It's an interesting problem. Yeah, it is. I, like, I don't know. I think that deciding not to talk is, like, an active decision, though, and that says something about who you are. Not, Mm -hmm. like, a negative thing, necessarily. Just, like, ah, yeah, Skylar does not like talking in groups, and that's how I identify you as, like, Mm -hmm. for some things. Yeah, so, like, even my actions, my actions still define me. Your and I lack think the, of actions. Yeah, my lack of actions and my <laughs> actions still define me, but I think what's interesting about it is you are the only person who knows your thoughts. And so your thoughts are usually unfiltered. Right. And from that perspective, they're probably more who you are. Now, what you present out to the world could be in line with your thoughts or it could not be depending on how you choose to filter your thoughts I don't know I have a hard time thinking of thoughts as being like I feel like there are thoughts that are not necessarily solicited that everyone has like I think that everyone has like thoughts of like things that they don't actually consider seriously but that they think of and, like, is every thought that you have representative of your character? I mean, to some degree, like, you know, if you accidentally, if you were in a bad mood one time and you accidentally forgot to apologize to someone once, but apologized every other time, that action isn't going to completely define your character. Sure, yeah. So if you have a thought that you wouldn't actually take seriously one time, or just a few times compared to all of the other thoughts, I don't think it would, like, you wouldn't take it as, like, it would I don't be know. I, I feel like your thoughts aren't as consistent as your actions can be. Because I feel like your actions have to involve conscious decision-making, and I feel like your thoughts just appear. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you can have thoughts, like, you know... Have you ever had those moments where you're, like, on a bridge and you're holding something, and you're like, what if I just threw this over? Like, that's that's a thought I have all the time, and it's not, like, something I act on, so it's not, like, part of my character, but am what? I the person who thinks of, like, throwing purses over bridges now? Because <laughs> it's I a mean, consistent thought. Yeah, but I think, I think that still defines you, though. Like, everything you do, I think, has some part of the definition of you, even if, like, you don't take it super seriously. Mm. I'm not saying, like, that 
I, I don't know. For me, I personally, I feel like my thoughts are more truly who I am versus my actions. I mean, my yeah. actions are still, my actions are still in line with who I am. But I think my thoughts are just more so. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, that's kind of re- derailed us from our original question, which is yeah. <laughs> um, we have a true identity. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the thing about defining ourselves to others versus defining ourselves to ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. is our true identity like what we think of ourselves? Yeah, I don't know. Or is it what, like, people would identify us as? Like, if you were identified to, like, describe me to somebody. Mm-hmm. Just, like, what wording would you use and what, like, what descriptions would you use and is that who I am? Um, uh, probably, like, introverted swimmer, homeschooler, um, dark sense of humor, uh, let's see. She shaved her head once. (laughs) Once. It happened. I was there. Um, super excited about water in general. Like, not just swimming, but, like, brain life and, like, diving and, like, literally is planned to get a degree in marine biology for, like, ever since I, I knew you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, some of that has to do with your, like, interests. And some of it has to do with your actions. And some of it has to do with your, like... No, that's mostly it. (laughs) Well, some of it is thoughts. Because, like, I feel like dark sense of humor is. But (laughs) that's also speaking as an action. That is. Um, But here's the thing. All of those things could change. That's true. I could decide tomorrow... That I'm not, I'm going to have a very happy and positive sense of humor. Yeah, you could. I'm not saying I could, I would, but I could. (laughs) And would that change part of my identity then? Because I decided to wake up and change it. And for that reason, do you never have a true identity because you could always change it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think people like to think about, like, you know, the nurture versus nature conversation, um, Mm -hmm. and, like, people like to argue that there is a fundamental thing that you're born with that is your core personality, and then your environment and your parents and everything kind of build on that, and I think that's interesting to think about with, like, what you're talking about, like, if anything about your environment changed, would you entirely have changed, you know, would you be a different person? And if you just decided not to be that person anymore, you know. Um, Could you change? Yeah. Or is it like, is there a fundamental thing? Like, if you changed everything about what I just said about you, would you still have some fundamental things? Like, would you still have the same kind of philosophical opinions as you do? Like, do you think that those would never change? Like, do you think that those are fundamental and would never change depending on, like, who you would have had as parents and stuff, you know, 
I think that's a weird conversation because it's hard to like imagine a child born in like a white box who never has any influences. Um, and like, you know, what would their personality be like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, it's a really interesting question. And I think, I'll, I mean, we will never know because that is a very unethical thing to do. <laughs> yes. Very, very unethical. Um, but I think a lot of it does come down to, like, how you were raised and things like that. Like, I don't think I would have some of the same opinions. And I think the events you go through and, like, change your opinion. So, like, you know, my opinions on where the world is at right now has been influenced by what I've seen on the news, for example. Like, things like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think those all have an influence in your philosophical viewpoints and things like that. For sure, yeah. Which means it could probably change. Yeah. Well, and there's, like, attributes that people think of as, like, core to themselves. Like, the Myers-Briggs tests or whatever. Like, I think mm-hmm. that people think of, like, introversion and of, um, like, a certain amount of, like... Uh, your character being just, like, yours and yours alone and not influenced by anyone else. Like, you're a hard worker and you were always supposed to be a hard worker and nothing could ever change that or whatever. Well, some of that is genetics. I I just remembered a study where they took twins um, Mm -hmm. that were separated and looked at characteristics, like hardworking and things like that, Mm -hmm. or, like, organization, how organized are they? And they found that they both the twins despite being separated were very organized but they have different reasons for it one of the pet ones said oh my mom is really organized so i'm just really organized like my stepmom or something um or my adoptive mother i think actually and then the other one said oh my adoptive mother is really messy so i have to be really organized so therefore showing that it might be a genetic thing because they had the same trait. They were separated at birth to two different parents. And so they were influenced that like they were influenced in different ways for the same trait. And so there's some genetic component there. If like one is organized because their parent is organized and the other is organized because their parent isn't organized. Then yeah, it might but be genetics. I don't know, because like we know twins. And they are very different from each other. Wait, what twins are we talking about? From class. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I know a few sets of twins, and I was like, uh... (laughs) I also just saw, before this, I got a text in the group chat with the name of two twins that, like, are on my swim team. I was like, how do you know them? So, (laughs) first twins that came to mind. Yes, but we do know twins, and they are quite different. yeah. I don't know. I mean, there might be things that they share, but like I feel like they feel very different, and that might be because they've been around each other and they've bounced off of each other. But if so, then it's not part of their fundamental, mm-hmm. like, true identity. It's just part of their growing. I don't know. Well, I think it was. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I'm sure there are more studies on it. I just, I just like briefly remember coming across that one in something I was reading. Oh yeah, sure. But, yeah, it's an interesting question, though, because, like, if you can change your identity, then it doesn't necessarily mean you're truly yourself. But if you can't change some aspects of yourself, then is that your true identity? 
Oof. Shaking my mind for a spin at 10 in the morning. <laughs> a little um, early for this for you. You're just like, ah, make it stop. <laughs> Brain requirements. I don't know, because, like, I feel like a lot of people... I feel like a lot of philosophical questions are based on humans find this comforting and we think this is false. <laughs> and I think, I don't know, I kind of agree. I think that, it, I, I kind of think that there is no true identity and that people are always changing and evolving and that there's no core thing that you're like, you know, I'm hardworking and I always will be. Like, I think that's not true. I'm totally flake now and I used to be a hardworking student and whether that be from like what I'm actually participating in or whatever I think that I don't know I, I think that people are constantly changing like you know there's that thing about every seven years you are an entirely new person because your cells die and regrow and whatever and I think that I don't know I, I just think that people change a lot more than they're comfortable with and mm-hmm. so that's why this question is a thing but I don't I don't know. I, I don't think that there's a true you in question. I think you kind of build for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would tend to agree. Yeah. From the ground up. <laughs> <laughs> Do we feel done with that question? Dude. Yeah, let's yeah. go to the next one. Alrighty, what is you? utilitarianism and when is it useful let's actually look up the definition yeah hold on (laughs) utilitarianism is a family of normative ethical theories that prescribe actions that maximize happiness and well-being for all affected individuals oh it's the uh the action is right insofar as it promotes happiness and the greatest happiness of the greatest number should be the guiding principle of conduct. Oh. So it's kind of like the trolley problem answer, but like with every situation. <laughs> like. The trolley problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like just like the maximum productivity and happiness you can get out of every situation. Mm-hmm. Just like milking that. That's yeah. interesting. It's an interesting theory. And then when is it useful is the question. I think it's an interesting principle to use when you're deciding what actions that you should take. Because, I mean, oh, I've been faced with an action that would be seen more. So, for example, I forced myself to go to a public school for longer than I was happy there. Right. Because I thought that's what I needed to do. And the maximizing happiness for me would have been leaving earlier. And so I think that's something that you should always take into consideration when making decisions for yourself, because sure, you're not going to always be happy doing everything you have to do. There are some things you're not going to like doing, but I think for big actions, you should think about what's going to maximize your happiness. Right. And so the uh, utilitarian principle would be effective then. Um, but I also do think, like, this is more, it's supposed to apply more to groups of people. Yeah, sure. For the benefit of everyone. It's it's awesome to think about in utopias, especially. Mm-hmm. Like, just kind of, um, 
I think there are entire societies based on like what is best for the whole. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. All those memes about like communism being like it's not your something, it's our something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like it's collective happiness, kind of thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just what's collective. Yeah, what's better for the most people for most time and yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do think that there's things like um, leaving school that, like, just in retrospect look like that. Like, I think at the time you would have been like, maybe this would provide me more happiness in the future, you know. Um, I don't know. I think that there's things of which it's easier to, like, look back on and be like, oh, that was, like, obviously that was a really miserable time for me and I should have made this decision earlier, but I think to a certain extent, like, you wouldn't know unless you stayed for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there is that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that definitely maximizing happiness for the most people sounds like a great <laughs> just <laughs> driving principle. Um, and, like... I can't currently think of a way that that would be bad, but I'm sure that there's many ways that that would be bad. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, but, if we take, for example, the uh, benefit of the majority, um, then minorities would never potentially get their way. Yeah, that's fair. Because if, if we look at if all white, straight people <laughs> are considered the majority... Then what about all of the non-straight people? Well, here's the thing, though, is I feel like a lot of the things that benefit minorities would benefit everyone as a whole. So, like, I don't know if that would be true, necessarily. If we use, like, everything as a guiding light, it was like, you know, for instance, if we defunded the police and distributed it, the money that we give to military and, like, uh, you know, all that jazz to you know, um, healthcare systems and to, like, local reinforcement that is non-violence and to, like, (laughs) therapy (laughs) and, like, other things, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like that might be better for everyone as a whole because, number one, it would take the giant military budget out of the U.S., (laughs) you know, like, I I think it drains a lot of U.S. stuff to have the military budget that we do and, like, I think that, you know... I think that on the whole, having more, like, community services would be good for everyone involved. So, like, I don't know. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, making things better for the smaller would be better for, the, you know, everyone as a whole. Which seems like it would be maxing out happiness as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But, like, you could also have the um, straight people get rid of, like, gay marriage. That's not better for everyone as a whole, though. Well. <laughs> I don't know if that would, like, I don't it, think... It says for benefit of for a majority, though, is one of the things. Oh. The happiness well, of the group. That's number. the whole thing, is, like, it became not the majority thinking for gay people to be <laughs> married. Like, I, I don't think uh, as many people were bothered about it, you know. Okay, yeah. I, I mean... Know. I don't think all straight white men have it out for gay No, people. no, I'm not saying they do. 
but I was just using that as an example. Like, like yeah, the majority if, might think that this is better for everyone. Yeah. Kids. And not hearing the minority perspective because they don't have to because the majority gets whatever they want. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, I was just using it as a, as an example of something. Like, I'm not saying that whatever happened or if, like, we were to go to something like a utilitarian type thing. Like, that was the um, ethical theory we were going off of. I don't necessarily think that would happen. But, like, something similar. Sure, yeah. Where, like, the majority thinks that something is bad, so we just don't have it. Because they're not comfortable with it. Because they don't have it. Right. They're going to think it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that if we go... Yeah, I, I think it's hard to think about it as a society because I think with, like, you know, a lot of theoretical things like socialism, communism, things that we've talked about before, I think that there's, um, like, the theory can only go so far because human beings are human beings. So, like, I feel like if we go strictly by what's what makes everyone the most happy overall, like, then definitely gay marriage would be fine but like since it's a human constructed governance and the majority would be like no then it would probably not happen which is just interesting to think about mm-hmm. yeah yeah it definitely has its flaws for sure mm. i think it's a it's a nice rule for like thinking about things on mass like just the world at large like what would be best for everyone and not just like this majority group but for like literally everyone mm-hmm. yeah yeah should you keep a secret oh this one <laughs> uh oh dear um okay i'm of the opinion that like Oh, wait. Oh, this isn't... Should you... Uh, can you keep a secret? Should you keep a secret? Yes. Um, I'm of the opinion that as long as it's not harming anybody, it's fine. Like, I mean... If the secret is that they are, like, somebody else... Like, okay, if somebody tells you that they're going to, like, go do something really dangerous, <laughs> then obviously, no, bad idea, do not keep the secret. <laughs> but if, like, somebody tells you some harmless piece of information that they would rather not have spread around. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think fine. That, yeah, I think that there are circumstances in which it's less harmful to keep the secret, and um, that is when you should. <laughs> I think that some information, like, isn't great for human beings to have. So I think that keeping it should be fine. Mm-hmm. I, I also think yeah, if it's something that affects quite a few people, mm-hmm. you shouldn't necessarily keep the secret. Like, not necessarily in a bad way, but, like, you know, I would like to know. If you were always like, okay, we're going to make Kyler take a secret... Like, we're going to make Kylo take this huge test, but nobody can tell her it's a secret. (laughs) 
Like, I think in that case, I might have, like, some right to know. Yeah. Or, like, if if you were plotting, like, okay, I'm going to make all of my friends take a huge test. <laughs> yeah, but then you tell one person, and it gives that one person an advantage. Do they have the right to, like, should they keep it a secret that they know? Or should they tell everybody else to get rid of their advantage? Mm. Things like that. Like, in that case, I think that person should tell everybody else to diminish yeah. their advantage. Even as a playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, there's also, like, um, one of the common examples in my household specifically, because my parents have very different opinions on this, is, um, like, if governmental things should be, like, every interaction within the government should be recorded and open to the public consumption. Oh, yeah, that that's probably fair. Yeah, like, should... You know, I, I I think there's things that, like, you know, I think a lot of our government is based on stuff happening behind closed doors, and would that be positively or negatively affected by, like, you know, having it have to be required to be open to the public, you know? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just think that there's things, like, within public office that we have a right to know. Yeah. But, like, you know, I don't know. But I think, like, I think that some people um, are strong believers in, like, there are some things that the public just doesn't need to or want to know, or that would be negative for everyone involved. And I just don't know. I just think that, on large, if that's happening, then the public should know so that we can change that, right? Yeah, I w- I would tend to agree because I feel like secrets kept in government can spiral out of control. Yeah. Because once you keep one thing, then you can try and keep other things. And you know, if you're like, oh, it's a small deal, I just won't tell anybody. I'll keep it a secret and try and deal with it. And then you don't deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And then it becomes this huge issue. And then you kept this huge secret. And now nobody else like we would have been in a better position if you told people because then you could like other people could have helped. But now mm-hmm. other people, like, can, but it's a little later and harder to deal with. Like COVID. Yes. Things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched Men in Black? You want to take a stab at that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say no. So basically... Ah, ding-a-ling-a-ling. <laughs> <laughs> the idea Correct. with Men in Black is that they're, like, there's a secret government agency for dealing with aliens, Right. Like, and it's played really goofy and stuff, but they have these devices that, like, do, like, a little light in your face and that makes you forget everything that you had to do with aliens, right? Mm-hmm. And I, is that bad? Like, is is not knowing about aliens bad? Like, they seem to be in a nice symbiosis with these people. Like, the aliens are just chill and, like, it seems fine. And, like, you know, Men in Black know what they're doing and they have you know, good relations with most of the aliens and they know who's the baddies and they got it under control. And is that something that the public should know? Because people would argue, like, people can't handle that information or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, because but... then they could, like, try and kill the aliens and then there might not be a good relationship with the aliens. <laughs> yeah, like the Area 51 <laughs> thing. <sighs> did you hear about this? No, I didn't. Oh, so Area 51... I, I don't know a lot about it, so, like, internet, correct me if I'm wrong, 
But basically the idea with it is that it's this, like, military base that is rumored to have a bunch of aliens in it, and um, a few years ago, like, enough people thought this conspiracy theory was true that, like, a lot of people went over to Area 51 and tried to storm it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, like, they went in, like, alien costumes, and they were like, what about the aliens? (laughs) Currently. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's funky, um, but yeah. Uh, so like, you know, I don't know. It's just like it's interesting to think about because, you know, given how self-destructive human beings are, it could be like bad for us to have this information, but it also could lead to like you know better interactions with alien people if the only people talking to them are not, like, random U.S. military agents, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like random U.S. military agents aren't really representative of the entire, uh, culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the original question? Hold on. Oh! <laughs> oh just keep a secret, okay. Yeah, just keep a secret. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we got talking about aliens. I was like, how did we get here? <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah so there are some places that it's okay and some places that it's probably not the best idea yeah and when there's always those things in like tv shows of like people getting illnesses right mm-hmm. like people being terminally ill and they're just not telling anyone it's just like bro but like at the same time would it you know how in they both die at the end like he doesn't tell his friends Mhm. Well, I mean, you, said you might not tell people if that happened to you. Yeah. No, that's it's fair because you know, if you're gonna die either way, I'd rather not people be around me like I'm always at my funeral, right? Like I think that's mm-hmm. really silly. I I like a good fun time, and it turns out being terminally ill that kind of <laughs> not a fun time. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think but, as long as you're getting treatment, like you know. Yeah, like, if I'm if I'm doing what I should be doing, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's always those people who, like, don't take their meds, like, when they need to. It's just, like, no, no. I would take care of myself. Like, I'm not gonna just throw myself away because I'm not telling anyone. But, like, you know, I probably would not share that information generally because it would make people be like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know. I'm of the same opinion with that, but. Yeah. Other thinking thoughts? I don't think I have anything else on this question. Okay. Hey folks, you're nearing the end of the podcast. This is a reminder that this month's book is Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. You know the drill, read along this month to know what we're talking about. You can contact us via email at theteensagedpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at teens underscore aged. Thanks for listening in. This has been the Teens Age Podcast with Alex and Kyler.